thirties in the little town of Wilder lived an old man and his lovely little daughter. They ran gambling for a living. It was the best place around. All the men would come and lay their money down. A ghoulish welcome to Paranormal Prowlers podcast. The tunes that just graced those ears of yours was courtesy of Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Warning, what you're about to hear is based on true events, as are all of the episodes, but this one may be too graphic for some, and for those with children, I suggest tucking the kiddos into bed. Go where they can't hear this, as it's stuff that is made out of nightmares. Again, this is graphic. The loner sits there, staring at his guest. He's been known to be a hermit his whole existence. Hell, when he got married, it was a shock to all the town folk. I don't want to have to feed someone else's mouth besides myself, he thought to himself. But feed them he did. And eventually, they have children. More mouths to feed. Great. Even though he had a family, he was still very much a hermit, keeping to himself much of the time. And yet, at this moment in time, he's not alone. He stares intently at his guest. Not a single word has been spoken for several minutes now. Maybe even an hour. He looks past his guest and sees movement in the field, the same field that they are sitting in. Lately, there has been word that there is a mad werewolf on the loose in Doyle. No child is safe. The Frenchman? He's not nervous. Not one bit. No! His attention is back on a silent, unspoken guest. He licks his lips. Is it time? Suddenly, this man, who was sitting calmly seconds before, now lunges at the guest. He growls. He's scratching and biting. My God, this is no man. This indeed is an animal, a beast, an untamed creature of the night. He is the werewolf of Doyle. Gilles Garnier. And I apologize if I pronounce any of these words incorrectly. He's many things. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a hermit, as we covered earlier. Been so his whole life. Oh, yeah. Old Gilly is also a cannibalistic serial killer who would go into such deep, intense rages that his victims would look like they were mauled and murdered by a werewolf, not a human. Was Gagné a lycanthrope, a mythical human that possessed the ability to transform into a wolf? He wouldn't be the only person in France to be accused of such a thing. And I'll go into that more in a little while. I'm stepping on my toes. Ouch! Getting ahead of myself. Picture it. Doyle, France. It's the 1570s. A community is in an uproar as they are dealing with a deadly situation. Children are going missing. Several. Some never to be seen again, while others' mutilated bodies are found abandoned in fields. It was brutal. I won't go into full detail. 
as it is very sadistic and gory. But in areas of the bodies, the skin and flesh were missing, presumed consumed. Hence the thought this was, hence the thought this was a loup guru, a wolf man, a werewolf. The authorities are desperate to contain the spreading of missing and deceased children, wanting to apprehend whoever or whatever is doing this, for they shall have much blood on their hands or paws. Authorities issue a statement, basically encouraging and most of all, allowing the community to have the authority themselves to apprehend and kill the beast, the werewolf responsible for these heinous acts. One night, a group of workers were traveling from a neighboring town when they suddenly encountered a frightening scene. Could it be the beast? The werewolf of Doyle? It was evening time, and in the dim light, it appeared this was indeed a wolf. But upon closer inspection, a step closer, the squint of an eye... By golly, wait, that's not a werewolf, you guys. That's that crazy hermit. That's Gil Garnier. He is caught red-handed, like literally as there's blood on his hands. In his possession, a deceased child. He's quickly arrested after this encounter. And I mean, it's truly a blessing that this group of workers was at the right place at the right time. Who knows how many more children would have fell victim, be killed and eaten by this monster. At his trial, he confessed to the murders. In court, they learned more about his horrific crimes, making them think to themselves, who could ever do such a horrific thing? And on defenseless children, nonetheless. In late 1572... Gagne's first known victim would meet her doom. She was young. All of his victims were. She was only 10. He attacked and murdered this poor sweet girl in a vineyard, going into a frenzy, strangling her, and so on. Several weeks later, he was thirsty for more and decided to attack yet another child. He bit at her. He clawed at her when suddenly he noticed they weren't alone. A passerby was near and it spooked him enough that he ran off. While the little girl, when found, was still alive, she sadly would pass away in a result to her injuries a few short days later. And I guess not short days when you're in so much pain. I'm sure every minute is just grueling. The following month in November, the werewolf would claim his next victim, a 10-year-old boy. Again, eating part of him, keeping his leg for later. He would bring this meat home and his wife and kids and him would happily eat it. Another time he was attacking another boy, but he was saved when a group of people came upon the grisly scene. This kept occurring. A little boy found torn in half in the field. A little girl found strangled and mauled. I know I said it earlier, but wow, I can only imagine how happy everyone was when this monster was finally caught. Indeed. I'm sure it's the same as today, like when, I don't know, like the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, was finally apprehended, or when the escape artist, Ted Bundy, was finally executed. Just like, ah, a sigh of relief, right? 
what a tragic, horrible thing that these folks endured. The families of the fallen children, the community, neighboring towns and villages, it affects so many people. It brings terror into their lives and their hearts. Uninvited terror. So, why did Gil Garnier do this? Yes, he was a hermit. He was weird. He kept to himself, avoiding everyone like they had the plague. But many people are weird and a hermit. But don't commit such cowardice acts. In his confession, he describes how one day he was hunting for animals, not humans, in a forest near his home. The specter suddenly approaches him. The entity is all too familiar, it seems, about his issue about having extra mouths to feed. Feeding one person, that's fine. You're responsible for yourself and yourself alone. But being responsible for a wife and hungry little children, it makes for a super stressful and desperate situation. So the entity provided to Gagné an ointment. This ointment was very special as supposedly it would turn the man into a werewolf. This would help him greatly when it came to hunting animals. Again, not humans. He would cover more ground in a short amount of time, go further into the woods, and he would be fast, oh so fast. The entity was wanting to help this hermit turn family man to hunt animals. For a while, that's what he does, and he does it with stealth, speed, and success. His family is happy, and they go to sleep with full stomachs. What more could he want? However, for reasons unknown, he abandons his hunt for the birds, the rabbits, and even the deer, a big creature that was more than enough to feed his family. His attention started to focus solely on humans. He admits to killing four children. Kids are on this weirdo's menu. But wait, he has children of his own. <laughs> Just don't get it. At least four murdered. Obviously, while one child is too many, it is believed that he killed many others, but they have never been found. Gil Gagné, the werewolf of Doyle, was thankfully found guilty, and on January 18th, 1573, this werewolf was executed, being burned at the stake. The horror he experienced at his execution, that's nothing compared to the horror his small young victims endured when coming face to face with this dangerous, cowardice beast. He stands there. He's tied up. People are surrounding him. Some cheering. Some yelling. Others laughing hysterically. Mothers covering their child's ears and eyes. The men throwing obscenities at the wolf. This is an execution, ladies and gentlemen, but to the village folk, the families, and the people of Doyle, really, all of France, this is a celebration. Wee oui, wee, oui. the monster will soon be dead. The trash is being taken out, the danger disposed of, burned at the stake. It's getting hotter now, intolerable. He howls in pain. He thrashes, he cries, he's getting what he deserves, his death sentence. May the sweet children who left this earth way too early because of this beast, may they rest in peace, for they are in a safer and better place now. Can't say the same for Gagné. 
This is just but one case of werewolves roaming, mauling, attacking, and murdering in France. I thought I would share a few more accounts. Some you may have heard of, while others will shock you to the core. How can this be true? <laughs> How can any of this be true? We now leave Gilles Garnier in 1573 and move forward 191 years. As our next chilling encounter takes us to the southern central part of France, more specific, the Jevoudan Wood. For three years, starting in the summer of 1764 and ultimately ending in 1767, people, they were being terrorized by an unknown creature. Many have bore witness to the beast, claiming it was a werewolf. Some described it as looking like a wild boar. Others, a large dog. While others described it as a panther. And to be as large as a horse. No one who was in or around the forest was safe. Unlike the werewolf of Doyle, where he only preyed on children, no one was safe. Everyone was fair game in this case. Men, women, and children. Several people were being attacked. It was soon realized that all the victims were attacked in the neck and the head area. The attacks picked up and people were absolutely terrified. I mean, who could blame them? Who would be next? Me? You? Someone from my family? A friend? Who? Who? Emotions were running sky high. Tension was thick. Desperation and fear were in the air, suffocating. Shockingly enough, some of the priests in the area, they were happy with what was happening. In their eyes, these brutal attacks were considered a punishment handed down from God and heavily onto the sinners. For it was the sinners being attacked. No big deal. I don't care if it's your Uncle Freddy or your Aunt Martha or little cousin Jonathan. While priests were hailing the attacks, King Louis XV was appalled by the events and took an interest in capturing and killing the beast. He soon put rewards out in hopes that someone would do just that. In addition to this, King Louis also had his own mighty band of royal wolf hunters that were also in search of the beast, making it their sole mission to kill what was being called the Beast of Javudan. And in September of 1765, one of the king's royal hunters, Francois Anton, believed he bagged the beast. The wolf was measured to be over five feet long, weighing over 130 big pounds. They believed this large creature was indeed the deadly culprit. They named it Le Loup de Jazz. The beast had several scars. It was believed he got these from when the victims were actually fighting back, fighting for their lives. The beast was stuffed, and they considered its reign of terror to be over. Finished. No mas. No more. Paplus. To everyone's horror, a couple short months later, the killings, they continued. Maybe there are more than one wolf. Maybe there's two. How can it be possible one is doing all of this damage? 
One had been killed, but another, its partner in crime, still roams about, hungry as ever, hungry for blood. And it's angry, too, that his buddy is no longer around. In 1767, a hunter named Jean Chastel claimed to have killed the beast once and for all. He took down he took down the beast while on a hunting excursion. He used a blessed silver bullet. And when the wolf was cut open, they found human remains in its body. By this time, it is believed that the beast of Javuda had been responsible for the deaths of over 100 people. They think the number... 113 and injuring countless others almost 100 of those people that were killed were found partially eaten next case takes us back to 1598 the townspeople of chalin are panicking they are straight up terrified as a large amount of children are suddenly vanishing as this is taking place a beast is being seen by many roaming the area described as half man and half animal what the hell is this thing? What does it want? Where are our children? People find themselves in sheer terror. Can my child be next? They give themselves a strict curfew, locking themselves in their homes. Rumors are spreading that a werewolf is taking the children and devouring them in the nearby woods. In rare cases where the children would actually return, they would share terrifying stories of an encounter being chased by a werewolf, snarling, growling, <laughs> hungry for flesh, thirsty for blood. Screams and cries are heard deep into the dark night. Not in the woods, but in town. The location? A tiny, quaint shop that belongs to a tailor. This man had brought attention to himself in the past as having an, I don't know, kind of a creepy, unhealthy interest with the children, who often, innocently enough, walked by his shop. What was going on through this tailor's mind? What did he want? What, again, were his intentions? Under the watchful eyes of protective parents and townspeople alike, it was witnessed by many that the strange man, the tailor, he would often go into the woods at all hours of the night what was he doing they have had enough the people they're done they're tired of living in fear they're they're done it was horrible enough that children were missing and feared dead but also having to deal with this eccentric man and his bizarre activities they thought there may be a connection and one night they formed a posse they went to his shop in town and investigated the location what will they find? Perhaps a clue to where the children are? Maybe the children themselves? Are they okay? Are they safe? Nothing, and I mean nothing, could prepare them for what they would uncover from what I'm calling the shop of horrors. In a corner of one room, it was discovered several barrels. When pried open, what they found, oh my God, every parent's nightmare, bones, of countless children. Another room offered more hideous and deadly secrets. It looked to be like a butcher shop. Cuts of meat scattered about, bite marks in some of the meat. It's apparent that someone was killing and eating these children, and it seems that it was the tailor. 
When the outraged people went outside in the Taylor's yard, they found shallow graves. I mean, everywhere. He had his private cemetery, including massive traces of blood. The Taylor, it seemed, was not discreet. I mean, was he really that ignorant? Did he not care if he would get caught? Or did he think he was so smart that he would never, ever get apprehended? Did he think that the horrendous truth would be revealed after he dies? Therefore, him getting away with this grisly murder? Several of them? The man first denies any wrongdoing. No! He was imprisoned, interrogated, and ultimately tortured. They had him red-handed. They had all the evidence they needed, and then some. More than enough. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that this man, this coward, this monster, who would prey upon defenseless children, was guilty. He finally admits to the killings of around 50 children. Like, oh my God. He would lure them to his shop, maybe buy a puppy, perhaps buy candy, then, in the little shop of horrors, the tailor would go into a frenzy, slitting the child's throat, and start slicing and dicing. Truly heinous. Many people claimed to have seen the tailor transform into a wolf, into a werewolf. He denied the accusations, but nonetheless, I mean, come on, he murdered and partially consumed 50 children. There's no escaping this shit. He was sentenced to death. He would be burned alive. After the death sentence was carried out, no more children in that area disappeared or vanished. The court system was so distraught and disturbed of what this monster did that they wanted to wash their hands from this horrific incident and destroyed all the court records and such. I couldn't even find this guy's name. They did that good of a job. While that may be gone, the Taylor of Shalon, or better known as the werewolf of Shalon, had done the damage and nothing or no one can hide the atrocities this poor town encountered there are many other cases not just in france but all over the world where werewolves terrorize the streets forests woods villages and homes of countless people and god knows how many victims total there were as some victims were consumed whole did you enjoy this week's episode Listen to the others. They are equally awesome. Haven't heard every single episode? No need to cry, my friends. Go now and visit Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict. Basically, you guys, wherever you go to hear your other phenomenal podcasts, you can find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. Is there a haunted location where you live that you would love to hear about and see appearing on an episode? Email me with the city and location and I'll make it happen. Paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. See you next week. And next time you go out for a walk, be sure to be careful and keep an eye out for those wolves. (laughs) 